believe that he is a great God. Would you say amen? Amen. Amen. We do believe that. Acts chapter number 11. Acts chapter 11. We're going to begin reading in verse number one this morning, Acts chapter number 11. The apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. Now, if you just stop there, what would you think those that knew Christ, those that uh, uh, saw the day of Pentecost, they witnessed Christ themselves, they were saved, they experienced the, the, the spirit of God, they experienced great joy from salvation, they saw the persecution that came. If you heard, if you were a Christian and you heard that the Gentiles and other people had received the word of God, what would your reaction be? How many of you would be excited that other people heard the gospel? Huh? How many of you could care less this morning? All right. I just want to see if you're with me. Verse number two tells us this, the reaction. And Peter was come up to Jerusalem. They that were of the circumcision contended with him. There was conflict. What were they upset about? They said, thou went into men uncircumcised and did eat with them. Here, here they get news, the church, the apostles, the disciples, those that were followers of Christ. The word came back to them in Judea and they said, you won't believe it. Peter went in and, and ate and gave the gospel to this man, what we studied in chapter number 10, Cornelius, and he got saved. And they couldn't wait for Peter to come back so they could contend with him so they could argue with him. So they could point out all the things that, Peter, you should have done it this way. Nowhere at this point in this scripture do we find a great party taking place, a great event where people are saying, Peter, what a wonderful thing. Can you believe that the gospel that we received, now the Gentiles have received it as well. Isn't this a wonderful thing? No, the Bible uses this word, they, they contended with him. There was tension. How many of you have ever been in a meeting, a conversation, or a time where there was tension with the person that you were in that room with? Anybody like that? Yeah. We're going to deal with today, how do you deal with conflict? How do you deal with it? Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. A certain vessel descended as it had been great, uh, great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came even to me. Upon the which, when I uh, had fastened mine eyes, I considered and saw four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And I heard a voice saying unto me, Arise, Peter, slay and eat. And I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean hath at any time entreated into my mouth. Now, think about this. And I know we looked at this previously, but could you imagine being in a trance and the Lord tells you to eat something? I would have just started eating if the Lord told me to do something. But Peter is, is he's contending with the Lord. He's saying, Not so, Lord. He, what he was saying is this, Lord, I'm not going to do what you've just asked me to do. How many of you would say that's a terrible thing to say to the Lord? 
Has there ever been a time in your life where the Lord was convicting you or leading you in an area and we were more concerned about religion or religious practices than we were about what the Lord was telling us to do? That's what Peter was doing. But the voice answered me again from heaven, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. And this one, this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. And behold, immediately there were three men already come into the house where I was, sent from Caesarea unto me. And the spirit bade me go with them. Nothing doubting, moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and we entreated into the house of the man's house or we entered into the man's house and that he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house, which stood and said unto him, send me to Joppa, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who shall tell thee uh, words whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the uh, like gift as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I would withstand God? Don't you think about that question? What was I that I could withstand God? Here, God is wanting to work. God is doing what his purpose is, is to save mankind and bring all glory to himself. And Peter comes to this place, why would I stand in the way of God, is what he's saying. Why would I try to get in the way of what God is wanting to accomplish? When they heard these things, they held their peace and they glorified God saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we want to thank you for your word. And Lord, we find in your word, we find doctrine. We find our theology. And Lord, we also find just practical help that every day we need. Thank you for such a living book. Thank you for the truth that's in it. Thank you, Lord, for a book that guides us and leads us that draws us closer to you, that helps us to understand your mind, that gives us wisdom. It also helps us to deal with each other. Lord, your word shows us how to be Christ-like. There's no other book like this book. There's no other book like the Bible because this book came from you and we thank you for it. So Lord, I pray you teach us something today. I pray that this would be a lesson that would help us as we glorify you with our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. How many of you ever had conflict in your life? Conflict. The reality is this, if you are a human being, you are going to have had conflict, you will have conflict, or you're in the middle of conflict. Conflict is going to be there for every single one of us. Matter of fact, conflict is one of those things. It's not, well, I got conflict out of the way, I'll never have to deal with it again. Conflict is something that continually comes into our life. People quit jobs because of conflict. People leave churches because of conflict. People break friendships because of conflict. People lose families and family members and they cease to speak in fellowship because of conflict. People become bitter because of conflict. People become angry 
because of conflict. People become stressed. Their lives full of anxiety because we don't handle conflict properly. I say this often to our church, where there's people and you always say what? There's problems. Where there are people, there's always going to be problems. But people aren't problems. People aren't. People are, are what we are supposed to love. And people are the ones that bring the best memories and fellowship and joy into our lives. But with people, at times there are problems. It's not that people are problems, but at times there's misunderstandings, there's opinions, there's feelings, there's these human emotions. And whenever anything like this is involved, there's always a potential for conflict, always. Here in chapter number 11, what an exciting time for the church. I mean, think about everything that's happened up until this point. We've studied now into 11 chapters in this book. We have seen the day of Pentecost where 3,000 people are saved. We see great things happening. We see the church growing daily. We see God providing. We see the Holy Spirit of God working and people being healed and, and just great marvelous things are happening. Just previously, Peter is walking uh, uh, through the, the uh, uh, Israel uh, and, and as he's journeying through, he comes across someone that needs to be healed and they're healed. He comes across a woman that had died and, and she was risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit of God was working and powerful. Now, and think about this. Now, Peter, as we just read, Peter is in a dream and the Lord says, Peter, I want you to take the gospel to Cornelius. And as he's in this dream, as he's waking up, someone's at the door and they say, uh, Cornelius told us to come and get you. And you see all of this, the, the Spirit of God orchestrating all of these things. Peter goes and he preaches the gospel and Cornelius, a Roman, gets saved. The gospel now is not just in for the Jews, but the Gentiles are hearing. And not only hearing the gospel, they're receiving the gospel. What a joyful time for the church. And there's conflict. I want to spend some time in this passage of scripture today as we see how conflict is dealt with. I want you to know this this morning. Conflict is not unavoidable. It's always going to be there. But there is a biblical way to handle it when it comes into your life. I find this, when God does a great work, Satan always tries to disrupt it. Would you please, 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 Christian, write this down in your heart someplace. Whenever God is trying to do a great work or God is doing a great work, Satan always attempts to disrupt what God is doing. There's this, there's, the Bible says that, that uh, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There's always a conflict that's going on. There's always a, a war that's going on in heavenly places. There's always, whenever God is doing something, you mark it down, you'll always find Satan trying to disrupt what God is doing. 
Satan can't stop what God is doing because he's not more powerful than God, but he does everything he can to try to disrupt what God is trying to do. You mark it down, it's always this way. I look at creation. God creates something and God says of creation, it is good. God is walking in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve, those that he took and he breathed the breath of life into them. They became a living soul. God communed with human beings. He communed with Adam and Eve. And what a wonderful thing that was. And what did Satan do? He did everything he could to disrupt what God was trying to do. He says this to Eve, he says, did God not say? She eats that fruit and sin, sin enters the world. I think of the birth of Christ. When, when the son of God was born, what did Satan try to do? He tried to disrupt that. Herod then goes and kills every child under the age of two. He can't hurt what God is doing, but he does everything he possibly can to destroy what God is trying to do. I think of even Jesus' baptism. Once Jesus is baptized and the Spirit of God descends down and says, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased, Jesus then goes out into the wilderness after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. What does Satan try to do? He tries to disrupt that. He tempts Jesus. Hear me today. If, if Satan can tempt our Lord and Savior, trust me, he'll do everything he can to stop you. I think of Paul. Paul is saved. This, this, this man right now, he's referred to as Saul as we're studying through the book of Acts. Saul is gloriously saved and Saul is, is uh, going to take the gospel to the Gentiles and Saul is going to plant churches and, 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 and just numerous, numerous people are going to be saved and, and discipled and trained and, and, and much of the New Testament is going to be written. But what does Satan do? Satan uh, buffets Saul, uh, Paul, and, and, and Paul says to the Lord, I I prayed three times to, to remove this. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient. But what does Satan try to do? Every time someone attempts to serve the Lord, anytime someone attempts to do what God has called them to do, anytime a church is going to do something that God has put it in their heart to do, you mark it down that Satan is always going to disrupt it, always. Anytime God does a great work, Satan's going to try to disrupt it. Chapter 10 is, is no light issue. The gospel has come to the Gentiles. We agree this morning what a wonderful thing that is. What a wonderful event in church history. The gospel has now come and a Roman has now trusted Christ and those that were with him. What a glorious thing. A fulfillment of God's covenant with Abraham just took place. Remember that covenant that God had with Abraham that through your seed, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. That wasn't that, that all the nations of the earth, their economies are going to be prosperous and, and they're going to have great wealth. No, that blessing was this, that through your seed, the Messiah is going to come. And through that, all the nations of the earth, we blessed anyone, anyone of any nationality, of any nation that puts their faith and trust in that Messiah is going to be gloriously saved and here the fulfillment of that covenant is there. Here the, a Roman is now blessed because of the seed of Abraham. Through his seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed and God's covenant is fulfilled. Yet there's contention. I want you to see something. I want to mark several things here today. And I want you to see how they handled this contention. 
in the outcome of what happened because of how they handled it. And the Bible says in verse number one, let's look there again. And the apostles and the brethren that were in Judea heard the Gentiles had received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they were of the circumcision contended with him. I want you to mark something down, please, in your heart. The only proper way to deal with conflict is to go to the person that you have the conflict with. The only proper way, let me dare say this, the only biblical way to deal with conflict is to go to the person that you have the conflict with. How did they deal with conflict? I want to say this, the conflict was there. And we could say, how dare them have conflict? How dare them be upset that the Gentiles heard the gospel? Why would they be so petty? But I want you to see this, that what they did is they took that contention and they dealt with Peter himself. The one they had contention with is the one they took their contention to. They brought their contention to the one that they had the issue with. You see, verse number one, they heard the news. And this is the reality. We can't help but hear the news. You don't have to go looking for things in order to find things. We live in a world, we live in, in a place where we can hear things and we hear news and we might hear events. It came, it came from friends, it came from family, it came from fellow uh, Christians here. In verse number one, they heard this news, they were speaking about it, they, they were told about it. It was going around the apostles and the brethren, or you could say this, it was even going around the, the church that, did you hear the news that Peter gave the gospel to the Gentiles? He said, with unclean people. Can you believe that he did such a thing? The information gets out. You know what the reality is? We can't stop the fact that information gets out. We, we can't stop the fact that sometimes we hear things. How many of you ever heard something you never wanted to hear, but you heard it anyways? Listen, sometimes you hear things. You're in a place and you hear things spoken about and in, in what you hear, it might cause you a contention or it might cause you conflict in your heart or it might cause you to question. And I want you to see here, they came right to Peter with that problem. The real issue came out too. The, the issue wasn't even necessarily that the gospel went to the Gentiles. The issue we find in verse number three, three then went into the men uncircumcised and did eat with them. What they were saying was this, you went and, and ate with people that were unclean, Peter. You know what happens a lot of the times when we don't go to the person that we have the conflict with or the contention with? The real issue never gets dealt with. And when the real issue never gets dealt with, the problems always get worse. Here, we commend them. And, and, and again, we can look at them and say, why would you have such a problem with this? But I want us to look at this. Let's commend them for when they did have conflict, they took the issue, the real issue, to the one they had the issue with. And because when you take the real issue to the one you have the issue with, then you have a better chance of having a resolution to it. When you have an issue and you don't take it to the one that you have an issue with, mark this down, it'll never get resolved. And that's why in so many people's lives, bitterness comes up. And that's why in so many people's lives, anger comes up. 
and they, they put it away for a period of time and then something else happens and all of that comes streaming back in their lives because they have unresolved conflict in their life. One sure way of to get conflict resolved is you go to the one that you had the conflict with. I want you to see secondly, number uh, two, um, in verse number four, but Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them saying, and he goes through and for the next 11 or so verses, 12 verses, he expounds on it. Now I want you to see something here. Peter was willing to address the issue thoroughly. I see two things here. I see the one that they have the conflict with. They go to the one they have a conflict with, which is proper. Hey, Peter, we're upset. We heard these things and we're bringing this to your attention. They did right. The one that, you ha- the one that has the issue, the one that has the contention, goes to the one that they have conflict with. That's the right thing to do. But I want you to see this. The one that had the conflict against them, he also handled this correctly. Peter could have said this, mind your business. How many of you ever wanted to say that to somebody? Mind your business. I don't know, but if God wanted you involved, he would have given you the dream. If you were spiritual enough, God would have came to you and told you to go witness to Cornelius. But obviously there's a spiritual issue there. Listen, sometimes, I'm, 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 I'm joking there, but sometimes this is what happens. Somebody, really, they have conflict and they want to go to the person they have conflict with and the person they go to isn't spiritual enough to handle that. But what Peter does is this. Peter says, you know what? Look, look what it says again. He, he, they, they, uh, uh, verse number four, he rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it by order unto them. Peter was willing to give them all of the information they needed so that the conflict could be resolved. Peter was willing to sit down with them and go all the way back to the beginning. He sits down and he says, listen, that's not a problem. I want to tell you because because I wasn't fully into what was happening. I didn't fully understand what God was doing, but God had to show me. And he says, three times in the dream, God tells me. Matter of fact, he even admits something. He says, I told God no. I want you to see something there. That takes humility on Peter's part. You see, if conflict is going to be resolved, it takes humility on those involved in order for it to be resolved. I'm I'm, I'm trying to help us this morning with something. This is not some deep theological uh, uh, portion or maybe some, some great doctrine that we're learning out of this. But I'm telling you, this is something that affects every single human being. And I do not believe it's by accident that God puts it right here so plain, so obvious here in chapter number 11. He takes 18 verses and what he does is he shows us how to deal with conflict. And I believe that's there because all of us deal with conflict even even in the midst when God's trying to accomplish something. You see, listen here, what God is doing, God is saving the Gentiles. 
The gospel of Jesus Christ is going not just to the Jews now. It's going to a Roman. It's going to go around uh, uh, Asia Minor and Europe. And, and the gospel is going to go around the world. And, and, and people are going to be saved. And, and the great apostle Paul is going to go and preach the gospel. But the people right here in Jerusalem, they're dealing with this, this matter in their heart. While God is wanting to do something great, he's got to take the time to work in the hearts of believers so that believers will allow God and get behind what God is trying to accomplish. And this conflict comes. Peter was willing to address the issue thoroughly. Peter took the time to address it. He expounded on the issue. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll answer whatever question you have. I'll give you all the information that I possibly can because I want you to understand why this is happening. And I want you to see something else that I, I, I saw as I studied through this. As Peter begins to speak in verse number four, the Bible says he began to rehearse. Do you realize that the people didn't speak until uh, verse number 18? So, so from verse number four, when Peter began to speak, the people didn't answer until Peter was finished speaking. I want you to see something here. If you truly want result, uh, uh, um uh, conflict resolved, you have to have ears to listen. Do you ever try to talk to someone and they kept talking over you? You're trying to explain something, they interrupt you. And you finally say, you know what? Forget it. If that's what you want. It's yours. The, here, Peter is explaining, this is what God is doing. This is the whole story. I'm thoroughly explaining it to you. I'm starting from the beginning. I'm giving you all of what I got so that you can understand what God is doing. And one of the things, the reason why conflict was able to be resolved is because they had a heart and the ears to listen. They didn't interrupt. They didn't accuse Peter as he was speaking. Oh no, Peter, I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, no, Peter, just, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's right. No, they listen. Listen to me. Many a times, conflict can be resolved when those that are involved will just simply hear and listen. We'd get more resolved if we learned to listen. I want you to see the heart here behind this. There was great concern. In verse number one, we find where the Jewish believers, they were greatly concerned. I mean, there was great concern. Peter, this is the great apostle. Peter, this is the one that they were following. This is one of the, the apostles that were healing people and, and the anointing of God was on them. I mean, this is, this is the man that preached at the day of Pentecost. Is, is he turning into a compromiser? I mean, he knows that we are Jews and we cannot go and, and eat with, with unclean people. Is everything that we believe and everything he's taught us, is it, is it wrong now? Has Peter lost his mind? This is a great concern for the Jewish believers. Peter willingly willingly addressed it. He says, you know what? I'll tell you whatever you need to learn. I'll tell you exactly what God is doing in this situation because I want peace. And the people heard him out without interrupting. I tell you, 
great concern can be resolved when those parties involved are willing to be humble and watch God work. Great concern, real concern, can be resolved when people are humble and allow God to work. I want you to write this down for a second time. I need to hurry. In verse number 18, the Bible says this. When they heard these things, they what? They held their peace and they glorified God, saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. I want you to write this down in your heart. Number three, they look to glorify God in the solution. They look to the glorify God in the solution. What did they do here? The Bible says this, they held their peace. The solution is bigger than our feelings or our emotions. It's about what God is doing. Hear me, sometimes God allows conflict to come because conflict, when peace is, is, is granted, when, when we seek to glorify God, people grow. Some of the greatest growth times in my life have come through conflict. Some of the greatest growth times in my spiritual life have come through conflict. And if you were honest, some of the greatest growth in your family, in your marriage, in your work, in your church, in your relationship with God comes through conflict. Because it's through conflict, when we listen and humbly deal with it, God's revealed. What was God doing here in Acts chapter number 10? In the first part of Acts chapter number 11, the gospel of Jesus Christ is going now from the Jews into the Gentiles. The world is going to hear the gospel. The world is going to be able to be saved, not just those of the circumcision, but even those that are not circumcised or those that the Jews say they're unclean. They are going to hear that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them and, and came to, to, to be there, there the Lamb that was slain for them. Their sins are forgiven because of Jesus Christ. And what God is wanting to do now is being revealed to all those parties involved. And it's done through conflict. But what they did is they seek to glorify God. They realized this, hear me church, every conflict in your life Instead of looking at the conflict, how does it deal with me? We need to say, God, what are you after? And what are you showing me through this? What do you want me to learn? You see, the conflict isn't always, well, I'm right and I'm going to stand my ground. And we pride ourselves in the fact that I stood my ground with that. Well, maybe, maybe humility would have helped you. Maybe it's not your ground that God wants you to, to stand on, but it's his will and what he's trying to do that he wants you to see. I'm so glad that the, uh, uh, the, the, the Jews here didn't say, oh, no, no, this isn't right. We're going to stand our ground, Peter. I don't think that you're right. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care what God's doing. We are going to stand our ground. We are not going to eat with, with the unclean. We are not going to let the gospel go to the Gentiles. We're not going to hear this. They wouldn't have been right with God. They were willing to listen. They were willing to seek peace. They were willing to look at what God was doing. You see, anytime God is moving, Satan tries to disrupt. You mark this down. You want to have a godly marriage? 
Satan's going to disrupt it. And pride, pride will destroy it. Humility, listen, seek peace. Look what God is doing in the midst of that conflict and your conflict can be resolved. Conflict is always around. Matter of fact, it's unavoidable. But if it can be handled properly and biblically, it doesn't have to end with strife and contention. Look with it again in verse number 18. When they heard these things, they held their peace and what? They glorified God saying, then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. If you notice with me in verse number 18, their, their hearts, their answer, their, their issues have totally changed from what we find in the first couple of verses of this chapter. The first couple of chapter, the word contention is used. There's a problem here. There's something they want to deal with. They're not happy. Verse number 18, when this conflict is dealt with humbly, when they listened and, and they let God be glorified in this conflict, what happens? Peace. Peace. The contention is gone. It doesn't have to end with strife and contention. They glorified God. Hear me, church, that should be a goal in dealing with every conflict we ever deal with in our life. Some of you, there's conflict in your home right now and it's your fault because you're not handling it correctly. And hear me, you're wasting precious time where you could be serving the Lord and your home is full of contention. That's not what God's plan for your life is. To have a stress-filled home, a stress-filled... Some of you parents, instead of taking and enjoying the day and instructing your children and bringing them to the Lord and glorifying the Lord with them, you're, you're, you're miserable and there's conflict. And that's not what God's plan for your life is. Some of you are gonna go to work tomorrow and you're just gonna simply endure it. And you're going to miss out that those coworkers there, God put you there to be the light, to give the gospel, to show the truth. And instead, you're going to miss it because you're not handling conflict correctly. There's a way to handle conflict. It's unavoidable. You're going to have it. But you've got to learn to handle it correctly so that the outcome is god receives the glory. That ought to be our desire. Every one of us today, you have conflict. My question to us is this, what are we gonna do with it? We're gonna still stew on it? Is it gonna cause contention? Is it gonna cause loss? Or are we going to say through this, God is going to receive glory? He's doing something. Will you let him work? Father, Father,